This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, good morning everyone. Shalom Aleichem, Rechem to Kolel Agra de Perka, nationwide. I uh, hope everyone's doing well. This is our last Monday share before Chanukah, Havalenu Lataiva. So that will be the subject of today's shir, uh, Hanukkah, and um, a topic that relates to Hanukkah as well as to um, our daily Avedas Hashem and our lives in general. We're going to discuss today probably the second most well-known question about Hanukkah, aside from the question of the Beis Yosef, of why uh, Hanukkah's eight days there's another very famous question, which is most uh, connected and attributed to the Pnei Yehoshua, but this question is asked by Reb Shloy Kluger as well, in the Chachma Shloymai on Shulchan Aruch. And the original source of this question is Shalzat Chacham Tzvi. Namely, we know that the Sham runs the world in a certain way, that he allows the world to be disguised through a method called Teva. Even though certainly HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the force of all phenomenon, nevertheless, Hashem prefers to allow the world to uh, run Oilam Kemen Hagai Noiheg. The Yavon prefers to allow things to function in their regular nature and not to change nature unless there's a uh, absolute necessity. So the Jewish people are running away from the Egyptians and the Egyptians are on one side and the Yam is on the other side. So, what could they do? Uh, they have no choice, but Hashem has, to, Hashem has no choice, He has to split the sea. However, in, uh, in general, the Rebbe Hashem prefers to allow the world to run its regular course. He doesn't like to reveal Himself, obviously. And therefore, miracles are only performed if they're absolutely necessary. So ask the Pnei Yeshua... We know that when they searched for oil, they only found enough oil to last for one day and miraculously last for, for eight days. Why did Hashem have to make that miracle that the oil lasts for eight days? So just use Tamei oil. So you say, Tamei oil? You're not allowed to use Tamei oil. Yeah, 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 you can. When the majority of the Jewish people are Tamei, we say Tuma is permitted when the majority of the Tzibor is Tamei. So you say, okay, it's permitted. But maybe it's better to do it b'tahara. Says the Pnei Yeshua, it would only be a hider to do it b'tahara if Tuma is hudcha b'tzibor. Hudcha means <coughs> that when the majority of the tzibor is tame, the iser of Tuma is pushed off. So if it's pushed off, it's still there, it's just pushed away, it's better to do it b'tahara. But we, says the Pnei Yeshua, hold Tuma Hutra Bitsibar. If Tuma is Hutra Bitsibor, then we should apply the, um, we should we should have used Tame oil. It's not even a hider to use Tahar oil. So why would the Ribanisham have to make a miracle and uh, allow the oil to last for eight days when we have this principle Tuma Hutra Bitsibor and the Pnei Yeshua says Afilu Hadure Loy Mahadrinan? It's not even a hider to use the oil be tahara. Another question. So that's the question of Pnei Yeshua, Rav Shloim and the Chachma Shloimai, and Shaos Tshuvas Chachamzvi. Another very important diok. And I know this has been bothering you for a long time. You probably 
have not gotten sleep because of this discrepancy in the Pesukim. In Parshas Tetzaveh, when it talks about the carbon Tamid that was brought upon the inauguration of the Mishkan, the Pasuk says, It says, And in Parshas Pinchas, when it speaks about the daily bringing of the carbon Tamid, it says, why in Parshas Tetzavah does it say Esa Keves Ha'echad? And in Parshas Pinchas it says Akeves Echad asks none other than the Briskarov in Chidushe Maron Hagriz Stensel. That is the second question. And Rabbi Shlomo Kluger and Rabbi Yosef Engel, they both offer the following chidush. To answer the question of the Pnei Yeshua, the Chacham Tzvi, this would also be an answer to Parshas Tetzavah's discrepancy from Parshas Pinchas, and it would give us a new understanding in a few other areas of the Torah. In Parshas Shmini, when Nadav Avihu brought Esh Zara Asher Loit Sivan Hashem, so a fire came down and it consumed their neshama and they passed away. Now their bodies are laying there dead in the Mishkan and Moshe Rabbeinu calls Mishael and Mishael drags them out and Mishael takes them out. Asks Toysvitz in the Das Academy, what do we need Mishael for? Why didn't Elazar and Isamar just go in and carry out the bodies? That is the question of Toysus. Says Toysus, quoting the Sifri in the Taurus Kayanim, You know why Elaz and Isamar didn't go in? Mikan she'en kayhanim etam in lamesim. Because they're kayanim and they can't go in. and be metame to a mess. Of course they can't go in. They're kayanim. From here we see kayhanim cannot be metame. Frek Toysus, from here we see? From this story we see? There's a Pasuk in Chumash. Why do I need to learn from the fact that Allah's only summer didn't go in to be metame to another view that Kayanam can't be metame? I don't need to learn it from a story. It's a Pasuk in the Chumash. Furthermore, what do you mean they can't go in because they're Kayanam? They're a Kayan Hedyot. A Kayan Hedyot is allowed to be metame to the seven closest relatives. Says Toysus, this is what the Sifri means. You know what it means from here we see Kayhanim Anala to be Metame Lamesim. Avada and Avada. We have a Pasuk in Chumash Kayhanim can't be Metame Lamesim. And Avada Kayhanim are allowed to be Metame to the Sheva Kroivim. What the Torah's Kayhanim means from here we see that on the day of the inauguration of Kayhanim they have a din of a Kayin God and they're now to be Metame. That's what the Sifri means. Not that we learn from here, Kayhanim are now to be Metame. From here we learn that on the day of their inauguration, the Kayhanim can't be Metame because this is a special day. This is their Chinuch. This is Yom Mashchasam. Furthermore, Taisus quotes Arisha in the Bechar Shar that on the Pasuk, Rashechem al Tifra'u, that Moshe tells them, do not let your hair grow long. That even though Kayhanim and Yoitim are not are not warned about letting their hair grow long for their seven relatives. However, on the day of their inauguration, it's different, and they cannot let their hair grow long. So from here we see a very important principle, that 
even though there may be certain leniencies that it's permitted to rely on. For instance, a koyen is allowed to be metame to the shiva kroivim. In fact, koyhana may be commanded to be metame to the shiva kroivim. Nevertheless, on the day of their inauguration, the beginning, they have a special status, and therefore they can't rely on any leniencies. Let me show you another example of this. The Bnei Yisrael went into Eretz Yisrael after wandering 40 years in the Midbar. They went in the day after Pesach and they wanted to eat the new grain. But they couldn't eat the new grain because you're now to eat the Chadash, the new grain, until you're makr of the carbon Oymer. So the Gemara asks, what, do you, what are you makr of the carbon Oymer from? From Ketzir Artsachem, from the grain that grew in your land. The problem is, this grain did not grow in the land of the Jewish people because it was uh, the land of the Canaanim. So this grain grew in someone else's land. So the Gemara asks in Rosh Hashanah, Daf Yud Gimel, From where did the Jewish people, from where were they makriv the carbon oimer? The Ran, what do you mean from where were they makriv the carbon oimer? Maybe they were makriv the carbon oimer from the green of the Ever Layardin of the Bnei God and the Bnei Ruvain. Because that's also considered Eretz Yisrael. I'll give you an example. You know, it says that Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to go into Eretz Yisrael. Why? Not to eat the fruits, but to be Mekayim Mitzvah Hatluyos Ba'aretz. Asks Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky. What do you mean? Why didn't the Chazal say Moshe wanted to go into Eretz Yisrael to Mekayim the Mitzvah of Yishev Eretz Yisrael? Says Rabbi Yaakov and other Achorinim say this as well. Yishev Eretz Yisrael, Moshe was Mekayim already by living in the area of the Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruvain. So the Mitzvah of Yishev Eretz Yisrael, Moshe Rabbein already fulfilled. He wanted to go into Eretz Yisrael to Mekayim Mitzvah Hatzluyos Ba'aretz. So from here we see that the area of Bnei Gad Bnei Ruvain, Jordan, is considered Eretz Yisrael. So ask the Ran, what's the kasha from where did Kal Yisrael get grain? Timak of the Karben Oimer, they got it from maybe the area of Bnei Gad Bnei Ruvain. Says the Ran, yes, in fact, grain that grows in the area of Bnei Gad Bnei Ruvain is considered growing in Eretz Yisrael. But, B'dyevet it's considered growing in Eretz Yisrael. And the first carbon oimer that Kali saw brought when they entered Eretz Yisrael, it's not mistaber that they relied on this leniency of utilizing grain that grew me'ever layardin. They, they probably did it in the most ideal fashion, and they used grain of Eretz Yisrael proper. So here again we see that the first time that something is performed, and it needs to be done right without any leniencies. That's why Elazar and Isamar did not want to be metame, could not be metame to Nadava Aviu, even though normally a coin could be metame to a relative, because that was the day of their inauguration. That is why the Jewish people, when they entered Eretz Yisrael, would not be makr of the carbon oimer from the grain that grew in Le'ever Le'ardin, because that is a bedi'eved. So we brought a few examples, namely Elazar Nisamar, the carbon oimer, Rav Yosef Engel, Rav Yosef Engel, one of the all-time great minds, now they're um, republishing many of the works of Rabbi Yosef Engel. They published Al HaToyra Oitzrois Yosef. And uh, my friend in Muncie, Rabbi Hersh Friedman, has a machon 
that is uh, publishing many of the works of Yosef Engel. He published the Oitzroyz Yosef. He published Shev Nechamasa. He published Rabbi Yosef Engel Ala Torah. He's working on um, a parish of Rabbi Yosef Engel on his, his famous tshuva on Shemitah. And Asvan uh, Raisa, if anybody wants to get involved in helping out with the Svarma of Yosef Engel, um, she contact him. He brings another raya, an amazing raya from Arashi in Zvachim. The Rabbi Yosef Engel says, very interestingly, that the first carbon chatos that was ever brought was called the chatos of Nachshain. And therefore, all future carbonos are given that name. Why? So Rashi says as far as Iker Chatos Nakad. Shoyresh, look at number seven. Shoyresh Hachatos, Yehoisa Chatos Yochid Rishaina. So again, we see, Rabbi Yosef Engel explains the reason why the first time something is performed, it has to be done on a higher level, is because the first time something is performed, it's the root of everything. Everything that comes later is based on the original act. Is, is based and meyusad on the beginning. And therefore all chatois are called chatois nachshoin, because that was the first chatos ever brought. And again, we see that the beginning of something <coughs> is, uh, is considered the most important time and the root of everything. Likewise, um, a similar analogy the the Grizz, the Briskarov says we could draw and extend and extrapolate to the carbon tamid. What's the halacha if on any given day they forgot to bring the carbon tamid shal shachar? Can they bring the carbon tamid shal bein arbayim? Yes, it's not ma'akev. Um, it's not ma'akev. The carbon tamid shal shachar is not ma'akev. The carbon tamid shal bein arbayim. However, the first time the carbon tamid is brought, you first have to be makar of the carbon tamid shal shachar, and then the shal bein harbaim. If you weren't makar of the shal shachar, then you cannot be makar of the shal bein harbaim. The Gemara says in Menachos, Andaf Nun, the Gemara says, Loi hikrivoi keves baboiker, loi akrivo bein harbaim. If you didn't, if you weren't makar of the carbon tamid shal shachar, don't be makar of the carbon tamid shal bein harbaim. But that is only, says the Gemara Menachos, bizman shalai neschanei chamez beach. That's only if the Mizbeach was not inaugurated. But if the Mizbeach was inaugurated, you could offer it in the evening. So from here again, we see a similar concept, that while on an ordinary day, you could be makriv the carbon to meet him any way you want. If you don't have the shachar, you could still be makriv the Ben Harbayim, but the first day, you have to make sure that it's done in the prescribed method, and you cannot cut any corners and you cannot do it under any mitigating uh, circumstances. And therefore, says Rabbi Shalim HaKlugar in Archaim Simetav Reish Ayin Aleph, says Rabbi Yosef Engel in Golyone HaShas on Mesech the Shabbos, Chaf Aleph HaMabez, on the Sugya Abamem Adlikin. Granted, if the majority of the Jewish people are Tameh, they could have lit the Menorah with Tameh oil. However, in the times of Hanukkah, the Mizbeach was defiled. 
In fact, the reason why it's called Chanukah, the Marsha says, because they had a Chanukas HaMizbeach. The Mizbeach was defiled. And in the times of Chanukah, they were re-inaugurating the, the Mikdash. And therefore, the lighting of the Menorah was sort of the very first lighting of the new Zman in the Beis HaMikdash. So while ordinarily they could have lit the Menorah with Tamei oil, but not in the times of Chanukah, not when they were inaugurating the Beis HaMikdash. And when they were inaugurating the Beis HaMikdash, that was a beginning, and then the beginning is the root of all further services of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore, they had to light the Menorah, Behidurai Betahara. And even though Tumahotra Betzibur, and even though regularly it's not even a Hidur to do a Betahara, but the Chinuch is different. The same way Allah and Yisamra could not be Metame on the Yom of their Chinuch. The same way when Kali Yisrael entered Eretz Yisrael, they could not bring the first carbon Oimer from the grain of Everleyardin. The same way all future Karbanois Chatas are called Chatas Nachshain. Because the beginning is Koivea, the whole future of something. So in the times of Hanukkah, they cannot light with Tamei oil. By the way, I once heard from um, Rabbi Yisrael Weinfeld, <coughs> Rav in Flatbush on Avenue L and East 22nd, that this could be a explanation for the Gemara says in Megillah that Rabbi Nechunya Haggadah lived a very long life and Rabbi Akiva went over to him and he said, Nu Rabbi Nechunya, harach and why do you live so long? So, they didn't know who Rabbi Akiva was. They thought he was some, you know, nudnik who's coming over to a big rabbi and saying, why you live so long? So they, uh, they wanted to smack Rabbi Akiva. So the policemen of the Exilarch, they char- tra- uh, chased Rabbi Akiva. So Rabbi Akiva ran up a date palm. And he wanted, Rabbi Akiva wanted to show himself that he's not an Amaretz, that he's a Talmud Chacham. So he called down from the top of the tree, if it says, Keves, why does it say Echad? I mean, is that really the best way that Rabbi Kiva could show he's a Talmud Chacham? What was Rabbi Kiva uh, demonstrating with this question? If it says Keves, why does it say Echad? And Rabbi Weinfeld suggested, Rabbi Kiva was asking and pointing out this Ha'ara of the base of the Briskarav, of why in Titzaveh it says Ha'echad, and in Pinchas it just says Echad. And that's how Rabbi Kiva showed himself as a Talmud Chacham. So bottom line is, Rabbi Yisai, we've given five examples of in the beginning of something, you've got to do it right, and you can't cut corners, and you can't um, try to look for leniences. Number one, the miracle of Hanukkah. Why was Hanukkah necessary? It was necessary because it was the beginning, and the beginnings have to be done b'tahara. Number two, why couldn't Elazar and Isamra be metame tenadva aviyu? Because it was the chinuch of their um, selves as koyhanim. Number three, why couldn't Klaiso bring the carbon oimer from the produce of Eva Layardin? The reason is because um, they were, uh, the reason is because that was the first inaugural offering of the um, carbon oimer, and it had to be done correctly. That is why number four, Rabbi Yisrael Engel says, all carbonos chatois are named after the first carbon chatos. And that is why the first time regarding the carbon tamid of the chinuch of the mezbeach, it says, es hakeves ha echad. So this seems to be a very well-documented concept 
and Lamdus, that beginnings, Chinuch, the start has to be done in the proper way without relying on any leniencies. However, comes Rav Tzvi Pesach Frank, and Rav Tzvi Pesach Frank sort of dismisses this concept, and he argues that there is no source that beginnings and chinuch have to be any better and not rely on kulas um, than any other time. And Rav Tzvi Pesach Frank in the Mikroi Kodesh on Hanukkah, page Yod Aleph, by the way, the Mikroi Kodesh was put together by Rav Tzvi Pesach Frank's son-in-law, Rav Yosef Kohen, Yosef Kayin is the father of the current Rashiva of Chevrain, Rav David Kayin. And I had this chus when I was learning in Eretz Yisrael to hear a shir from Rav Yosef Kayin, who, by the way, was um, on the Bezdin together with Rav Yashiv. And he brings a question that a Gadol asked him that why don't we bring Karbanas Bizman Hazah? So some say, oh, we don't bring Karbanas Bizman Hazah because we're all Tamei Mesim. So some say, what do you mean we're all Tamei Mesim? But Tumahotra Betzibor. So we should bring Karbanais. So this Gadol said, Tumahotra Betzibor. But if you're going to start bringing Karbanais, that's the Chinuch of the inauguration of the Karbanais on the Mizbeach. And you can't rely on Tumahotra Betzibor to be Mechanich the Mizbeach. That's what this Gadol wanted to say. Meaning many challenges, we should start bringing Karbanais Bizman because Tomotra Betzibor, so this Gada wanted to say that to bring Karbanais we'd be inaugurating the service of the Mizbeach, and we cannot do that because you can't use Tomotra Betzibor in the beginning. Says Pesach Frank, this is incorrect. You are allowed to use Tomotra Betzibor in beginnings. The entire Shear of Agra de Pirka, the national Shear at 1140, the whole Yusoid is wrong. And not that it's a waste of time that you came. Definitely it was worthwhile that you were here for the first 20 minutes. He just dismisses everything we just learned today based on two sources. Number one, Toysus Masechta Tainus. What does Toysus say Masechta Tainus? The Gemara says that and that Yudzainim obeys in Tainus, that Koyhanim Bizman there is an opinion, cannot drink wine, because the Beis HaMikdash will be built any second, and if you're a Koyen, you might have to do the Avodah, and you won't be able to do the Avodah, because you're drunk, you know, someone who's inebriated, can't do the Avodah. That's what the Gemara brings in opinion. Koyhan, do we have any Koyhanim over here, on the Zoom? Any Zoom Koyhanim? Michael Cohen. Whoa, what a surprise. That's, by the way, that's a convenient last name to have if you're a Cohen. Portowitz. Ah! Rabbi Portowitz is a Cohen. So there's an opinion in the Gemara, we don't hold this way. But Rabbi Portowitz, you know, are you Choshesh for this Shita? Not that you never drink wine? We learned that in Sanhedrin, that it's Mutter. Right. Lemaisa, we hold your latter, but there is a Dea brought in Tainus. That we don't drink wine, Kaihanim don't drink wine, because Mehera Yibana Hamikdash. Ask Toysus, so what Mehera Yibana Hamikdash? Even if the Kayan he's drunk, he wouldn't have been able to do the Avoida anyway. Why? Because he's Tame Mace.
says Taisvis, nah, Tame Mace, but Tuma Hutcha Betsibor. So since Tuma Hutcha Betsibor, Tuma would not have been an impediment. Therefore, Kaihanim should not drink wine, Bismanazah, because if the basement was built, they would have been able to avoid it, and now they can't do avoid I, Tuma, would have precluded them? No. Tuma would not have, been, uh, not have precluded them. Says Reb Tzvi Pesach Frank, Rebbeinah Da'al Makula. That means, Toysvis holds, Tuma Hotra Betzibor, would have been invoked, despite the fact that if we would have reinstated Karbanos, that would have been the Chinuch of the Karbanos. So we see, not like everything we said today, because the Gemara says, Kayam shouldn't drink wine, because if they drink wine, they won't be able to bring Kabbalah, but they couldn't bring anyone, because they're Tomei, no, Taisa says, Tumah Hotra B'tzibur. So we see, Tumah Hotra B'tzibur would have applied even to Chinuch. So how could Rabbi Yosef Engel say that we needed the Chanukah miracle because we would not have relied on Tumah Hotra B'tzibur? Taisus would have relied on Tumah Hotra B'tzibur. So why couldn't they rely on Tumahut Shabbat Sibor in the times of Hanukkah. In other words, how could we tell a Koyen, Bismanazeh, you're now to drink wine? Jose, I'm allowed to drink wine. Because I can't do the Avoidah anyway. Now, Toysa says he could have. Why? Tumahut Shabbat Sibor. What do you mean? Rabbi Yosef Engel says, we don't apply Tumahut Shabbat Sibor to Chinuch. So Rabbi Yosef Engel has just dismissed our whole shir. It's a problem. So I would answer as follows, very simply. Rabbi Yosef Engel doesn't mean you're not allowed to be rely on leniencies the first time you do a mitzvah. You're allowed to. It's just better not to. Like the Ran says. The Ran says it's not mistaber that Klal Yisrael the first time their makr of the carbon oimer would bring from the grain of Ever Leyardin. The Ran doesn't say it's osur. The Ran says it's not probable that they would rely on such a kula. So it's not that it's usur to. It could be Rabbi Yosef Engel is not saying it's usur to. It's just better not to. But you can, if you're up, up the, you know, with your back against the wall, you could rely on Tom Hotra Sibor. And since you could rely on it, we tell Kaihanim, listen Kaihanim, don't drink wine, because the Beis will be built any second. And the base was built any second, you could have been Makav Karbanais, even though you're Tameh, because we, have, we would have no alternative, and we would have allowed you to be Makav Batuma, if not for the fact that you're drunk. Aye, but we see we use Tum Hutra Batsibur. Yeah. You know, if you have no alternative, we, we use it. But it would still have been necessary for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to make a miracle, because it's always preferable to do it Batahara. That's what I would have said to, let's say, defend Rabbi Shlomo Kluger and Rabbi Yosef Engel from Rabbi Pesach's question. Rabbi Pesach brings another question from a Taisus in Parashas Shmini. Look at number 14. <coughs> Taisus says that the Sa'ir on the uh, day that Nadravihu died, on the day they passed away, the Sa'ir was burnt. The sar was burnt. Why was this the sar burnt? Because it was tame. As Toysis, okay, the sar was tame. But tumahotra betzibor. So why couldn't they be makriv the sar betumah? Asks Rabbi Yosef Engel. 
What do you mean Tomahutra Batsibor? But we don't apply Tomahutra Batsibor to the first inaugural offering. And this was the very first Sar of Rosh Chodesh ever. So how could Taisa say Tomahutra Batsibor? So we see from here Tomahutra Batsibor, the leniency of Tomahutra Batsibor applies even the first time. Again, I would say, yes, we see it applies, but it's always better not to have to use it. But Toysa still has a right to ask that why would they burn it? Since there's no alternative in that case, they should have been makravit. Okay, so the bottom line is, there seems to be a machloikis about this concept. Rabbi Yosef Engel and Rabbi Shlomo Kluger say, the first time you do something, you never rely on leniencies, not even Tomahot Rabbi Sibor, or at least it's better not to. Rabbi Tzvi Pesach Frank um, challenges this concept. But the subject that um, I want to just expand upon is this idea that the very first time you do something, you need to do it right, you can't rely on leniencies. So I want to share with you a Mishnah in Avais. The Mishnah says, Elisha ben Avuya Oimer. Elisha ben Avuya says, Haloi made yeled one who learns as a child. What is it similar to? To ink written on new, new paper. The Haloi made Zakein Lamahudaima, son who learns as an old in his old age, what is he similar to? Ink written on erased paper. Ink written on fresh paper, it lasts, ink written on old paper, it smudges. So the Samarab and the Divrayam Pashas Khaisara has a few amazing questions here. Number one, what is going on over here? Does anybody know how many times is Alisha bin Avuya cited in Shisha Sidra Mishnah? The answer is never, except for here. We don't call him Elisha ben Avuya, we call him Acher. Elisha ben Avuya did certain Averois, and he went off, and he had uh, certain uh, misgivings about Ikari Amuna, and he became, the Gemara says, an Apikairas. And we don't say his name. We say Acher. Even when Reb Meir learned from him, Hashem wasn't happy at first. Hashem would not say over Torah from Rabbi Meir because he was learning from Acher until he was defended. He only took the inner shell and he threw away the klipa. So why are we quoting Elisha ben Abuya? Say Acher! Or the Samar Rebbe says, say nobody. Like Rebbe often codifies in, in Mishnayis, he just brings a, an opinion and he doesn't say who it's from. And furthermore, in Avis Reb Nassim, we have the exact same statement from Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov. So we have many possibilities here. But none of them should be quoting Elisha ben Avuya. We never quote Elisha ben Avuya. Nowhere in Shas is his name mentioned. So either say Haloi made Yeled without the Bala Memra or quote Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov like in Avisar Nasan, or say Acher Oimer. And the Samar Rebbe says an amazing approach. What did Elisha ben Avuya do wrong? The Gemara brings various um, critiques of Elisha ben Avuya, either he had um, Sifrei Minim that he brought with him, or he sang Zemra Yavani, different things that Elisha ben Avuya did wrong, ultimately he was Mechal Shabbos, and he was a Kaifer. But Toysus and Chagiga famously brings that Rabbi Meir said Pshad in the Pasuk, it says, Toiv achres davar meireshisai. The end is better than the beginning. Pashib Pshad, that means, the end is better than the beginning. Be, 
finishing the Masechta is better than starting the Masechta. You know, sticking it out to the end of the Shir is better than just starting the Shir. It's better to finish something than just to start it. And when, when Acher, Elisha ben Avuya, heard that pshat, he told Rameir, no, that's not what Rabbi Akiva learned. Rabbi Akiva learned a different pshat in that Pasuk, based on a story that happened to me. And the story goes that, by the way, a little trivia question. Who is Elisha ben Avuya's father? Right, trick question, Avuya. <laughs> when Avuya made a bris for his kid, and he called all the G'dayle Yushalayim, and he put them in a special house, and Rabbi Lez and Rabbi Yeshua were sitting and learning, and their learning was so intense, a fire came down in a Shamayim and surrounded them, and Avuya said, what's going on? Are you trying to burn down the whole party? And they said, no, Chas Hashem, we, we became so immersed in our learning, our learning became so joyous, Smechem Kinesinasan Misinai. So, Avuya said, this is the Kayach of Torah, this is the Teferis of Torah, Halavai, that my son should be a great Torah scholar like Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Yeshua. And because his aspirations for his son were Shaloy L'Shem Shamayim, that he didn't want to have a Talmud Chacham, Nachas Ruach he didn't aspire to have a son who's a Talmud Chacham to bring honor to Hashem, but rather for his own Kavod. And therefore, since Avui Alisha, from his very beginning, from his origin, from his bris milah, the kavanois for him were shaloy l'shem shamayim. Therefore, he there was like a root of poison in his origin, and it flourished to develop into what became known as acher. And therefore, acher says toiv achris davar merishisai. Something is only good in the end if it was good in the beginning. Something will only be good in the end if it was good in the beginning, but if there was some seed of poison, of improper motive, if there was a shaloy l'shem shamayim in the shoyresh, it will produce flowers of roish uh, v'la'ana. In other words, Elisha ben Avuya not only taught that for something to develop properly, it has to be good in the beginning, but he literally was the living embodiment that something will only turn out good if it started off pure. And the Samar Rebbe asks, wait a second, what's wrong with what Avuya did? Avuya wanted to have a son who's a Tamar Chacham. Okay, so his motive wasn't pure. But lo'olam yasek adam etayro v'mitzvah shaloy l'shma. Shemitoich shaloy l'shma b'l'shma. Halavai, every Jewish parent today should wish that their son be a Talmud Chacham, so that fire could come down on them. We should learn and we should do mitzvahs. Rav Miller always would say, Halavai, we're on such a madrega. One of my favorite stories is Harav HaTzadik, Rav Vigdor Miller was once saying, Berches HaMazoyn. And after he finished, he turned to the guy next to him and he said to him, Thank you for the Berches HaMazoyn. So the guy said, What are you talking about? You said the Berches HaMazoyn, not me. Rav Miller said, no, but thank you for being there because I benched better because you were watching me. So Rav Miller had the godless to admit that we serve Hashem. Shaloy l'shem shamayim. We all do it. We all know it. You have to be a gadol to recognize it. So what's wrong with what Avuya did? 
The answer is, says the Samar Rebbe, you're right. Learning Shaloi Lishma is a very great level, but it's not Lishma. And if it's not Lishma, the Gemara tells us in Avadizara, Torah is Megan Omatzel. Torah protects from the Yitzhahara. Only Torah Lishma can offer such protection. Now, since this was the very origin of Elisha's life, for him to develop without being subject to the, the instigation of the Eight Sahara, his father had to ensure that his aspiration for him was completely L'Shem Shamayim. And because it wasn't L'Shem Shamayim, he did not offer his son the protection of Torah L'Shema, and therefore Elisha was now subject to the Kitrugim and the Hasasa of the Yitzhahara. The bottom line is, Elisha ben Avuya didn't just teach that you need to start things off pure for it to end off good. He was the living embodiment of this teaching. And therefore, says the Samar Rebbe, even though in, in, throughout Shas, we won't dare say the name Elisha ben Avuya because that's not a name that we say. But when it comes to this specific teaching, that in order for Torah to be preserved on the heart and the mind, on the soul of a Jew, you need to have started to learn young. In other words, the teaching of Toiv Achris Davar Meireshisai, it's not enough just to say it, it's not enough to quote Acher. We need to cite the living embodiment of this teaching, namely, Elisha ben Avuya Oimer, Haloimed Yeled Lamahu because Elisha ben Avuya was the personification of this ideal. And therefore the Sam Rebbe says, this is the one exception to the rule that we cite the name Elisha ben Avuya Oimer. And this is what happened in the time of Hanukkah. Hanukkah was the inauguration of the Mizbeach. By the way, you know, we have this uh, custom. The custom is, Minog Yisrael Torah, that we take these round items, and even though they're loaded with sugar and with oil, and they pose sakonas nefashas to anyone who ingests them, but what, what can we do? Minog Yisrael Torah is we are moiser nefesh al-Kiddush Hashem to eat jelly donuts. Despite all the health hazards they provide, but what, like all Jewish practices, we risk our lives to perform them. So my father taught me a very important rule about them. Okay, whether you like that, that rule or not, you know, I'll let you decide. By the way, what's the reason for the minigr? Shalmah Zalman says because on Hanukkah the Mizbeach was inaugurated. So since the Mizbeach was inaugurated, so if we would merely wash and bench, there's no tefillah for the establishment, for the rebuilding of the Mizbeach. But now that we eat jelly donuts, now we can make an alamichya, and we could daven, v'yal mizbachecha, v'yal hechalecha, we could be mispalo for the restoration of the mizbech. The Marsha says that's why it's called Chanukah, that they inaugurated the mizbech. So since Chanukah was inauguration, therefore we cannot rely on leniencies. Now I just want to share with you how this ideal is relevant to every day of our life. Every day we get up in the morning and we wash until Siyadayim. And the Rajba says, why do we wash until Siyadayim in the morning? We're not eating bread. Because we're like Kohanim. 
who inaugurate their service of Hashem by the washing of their hands from the Kiyar. That means that if when we wake up in the morning, we're inaugurating our Avodah Hashem, we want to start off the day in the right way. Because we don't want to rely on any leniencies, we don't want to rely on any kulais, because whatever we do during the day will be latent in the beginning. And therefore the Shlach HaKadosh tells us that when a person gets out of bed in the morning, don't get involved in anything. Don't speak to anybody. When you get out of bed, don't say, hey, why'd you leave the window open last night? Don't talk to anybody. You wash your hands. Your first thought should be about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Thank you, Hashem, that you brought me back for another round. Thank you, Hashem, that I have a floor to stand on. I have four walls. Think about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because the, the beginning of the day will set the tone for the entire day. The Chida writes in Avodas HaKodesh, don't speak about any inyanim from the time you get up until your first words are divrei shavach to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, until you're mispalel. The Sefer Or HaMeir, he brings that a person can sort of use as a barometer what their spiritual level is on by determining what's my first thought in the morning. Is my first thought in the morning, oh no, that guy who I have tainus on, or how am I going to invest uh, my assets? So if the first thing that pops into a person's mind is his business, so that is telling about a person's uh, identity. However, one should train themselves that their first thought should be about avoidas Hashem. How am I going to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu today? How am I going to be grateful to HaKadosh Baruch Hu today? And when one is able to develop that their first thoughts in the morning are the Sheish Mitzvah's Tamidiyah's gratitude to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that also, that is a, a mark of identity of who a person is. I saw in the Sefer Piskei Tshuvah's, he says the first thing you look at in the morning should be the mezuzah. You want to offer your first thought to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, your first words to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, your first glance to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Bnei Yisachar, in a number of his farim, in the Agra de Pirka, not to be confused with the Shir Agra de Pirka, in Remez Reishe, as well as in Sefer Darach Pikudecha, he quotes a drush on the Pasuk, Kadesh li chal bechar. Sanctify for me all your beginnings. One should sanctify all his beginnings, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You wake up in the morning, the first thought should be, Thank you, Hashem. I'm back here in this world. Not everybody wakes up in the morning. Thank you, Hashem, for another opportunity. Thank you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I have clothing awaiting me. Thank you, Hashem. I remember how to get dressed in the morning. Some people don't remember how to do it. Thank you, Hashem. I remember how to get to shul. There are people, they get up and they get lost because they don't know where they're going. They don't remember where to go. The first thought, the first glance, the first activity, the first conversation. Kadesh li kol bechar, petar kol rechem. All ramach evarim, one should dedicate that the beginnings of Shabi ta'kazrach, reishis arisoiseichem chala tarimu seruma. The Bnei Yisachar says, to dedicate the very beginnings to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Furthermore, the uh, Rav Chaim Velazhna writes in the Kesar Rosh, he writes a skula 
Okay, so for all you Skula lovers out there, check out this one. He says this one is tried and tested. It's Dover Menusa. That when a person gets up in the morning and he's Makabel, the yoke of Torah, genuinely, Belev Shalem, and he makes up in his mind, he's not going to pay attention to anything that pulls him away from Hashem. Then, they will remove all impediments and he will be matzliach that day in Torah in accordance, commensurate with the power and the strength of one's Kabbalah as first thing in the morning. To that extent, one will be successful in his Torah of Avodah. It's all dependent on that original Kabbalah in the morning. And therefore, I heard of a beautiful Kabbalah one should make in the morning. I heard this from Pinchas Friedman, the Shvile Pinchas. He told this to me personally. That if one is Makabel, not to look at their phone in the morning, not, not message, not text, not email, not phone call, not WhatsApp, or whatever Farshidina modes of communication you use. Not until after the Tefillah, then it's a segula, you'll see good f- things on your phone. <laughs> but the point is, you want to dedicate, some people, maybe they have a medical emergency, speak to your personal Mayuraderech. It's a very good practice to dedicate the very beginning of the day only to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And in that way, the rest of the day will be a day of Kedusha, a day of Torah, a day of Tahara. Many years ago, I think this goes back about 20 years ago, in Yeshiva Chafetz Chaim by the Chanukah Chagiga, I heard a shmuz from Rav Erlinger, <coughs> Rashiva, the Mary Yeshiva, son-in-law Rav Volba, something he heard from Rav Volba, that the Gemara says in the Sukkah, when a kid knows how to speak, the father teaches Torah, Kriya Shema, Torah Tzivalanu Moshe, and the Gemara says very harsh words if somebody does not capitalize on those moments. Then it's dangerous and the, the Chazal speak very harshly. Not capitalizing on the, the beginnings of a child's development. And I remember of Erlinger said from Revolba, the point of this Gemara is not to make somebody feel guilty if they didn't take advantage of it. But the Gemara is uncovering and revealing to us the great power of the beginning. That everything that will ultimately develop is latent in its haschala of toiv achres davmei reishisai. Haloi made yeled l'mahu doimeh l'diyoi hakosva al niyar chadash. A person's origins will set the tone for the rest of their life. And of course, everyone has free choice. And there have been many very great people that maybe they didn't start off on the right foot, and they became Balei Tshuva and Sadikim. However, you want to give yourself the best opportunity, and you want to put yourself on the best track. And by starting things off in the right way, without relying on leniencies, that's why it's so important not to make any compromises in the chinuch of one's children and grandchildren, because that sets the tone for their whole life. That will determine the, the, the rest of their existence. And that's the limit of Hanukkah. That in a Hanami, Rabbi Yosef Engel says, we could have used Tamei oil and Tumas Hutra B'tzibor, 
But that was the Chanukah, that was the inauguration. And the beginnings have to be done in the proper way, in the proper mode, without relying on leniencies, without relying on kulos. And if we take advantage that our haschalos, our bekedusha v'tahara, were mekayim, kadesh li kol b'char, then we'll be zoicha, toiv achris davar meireish yisai. Okay, thank everybody for listening. Um, appreciate everybody joining. If anybody wants to get... Um, this year is written up in our humble safer. It's called The Light and the Splendor, published by Artscroll. It's uh, available 20% off on the Artscroll site. And uh, thanks everyone for joining. Next Monday, Chanukah, Be'ezras Hashem. We will uh, reconvene Monday, same time, 11.40. Bracha v'atzlacha. Have a good week. And a Chanukah. Shkayach. Thank you so much. We have been next yeah, if anybody wants to join, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 5.30, Archas Chaim of the Rush, 10 minutes here. Um, also, this evening in Flatbush, B'nai Joseph at 8.30, there's a shir on Inyane Chanukah, if anybody is in Flatbush. Okay, everyone, Kol Tov, Rach Thank you, Kol You've just experienced another Torah class, brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.